Welcome to the Chosen People Radio Program, a production of Chosen People Ministries. On this program, you'll hear inspiring stories, learn about messianic apologetics, and discover God's plan for Israel and you. Now let's welcome our hosts, Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries, and Robert Walter, our New York Regional Director. Shalom, friends. This is Mitch Glazer, President of Chosen People Ministries. This is episode 101, and uh, we're looking forward to the next 100 episodes of our Chosen People radio program. It's been such a joy to be able to share the good news of Jesus the Messiah with you. And again, Chosen People exists to pray for, evangelize, disciple, and serve the Jewish people and to help our brothers and sisters in Christ do the same. And so we hope that this radio program is helping you better understand the Jewish people so that you can minister to your Jewish friends and neighbors. And if you don't have a Jewish friend or neighbor, well, you can pray for me. I'll be your friend. And so I would I, I always could use prayer. So with me is Bobby Walter, our uh, Brooklyn uh, pastor at Congregation Beth Sar Shalom, House of the Prince of Peace, and our New York Regional Director. So welcome to this 101st episode, Bobby. Yes, thank you, Mitch. And uh, welcome to all of our listeners. Shalom to all of you. And as always, we are grateful that you're joining us. And uh, Mitch, I'm really, as always, looking forward to what we're uh, going to be talking about today as we pick up in uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, in yes. Matthew chapter 5. Yes. Uh, last week, we talked about the parallels between the great Rabbi Jesus and the great Rabbi Moses, <laughs> and uh, two great Jewish leaders uh, who were alike, alike in so many ways. But of course, we know from Deuteronomy 18 that Moses himself told us that one greater than him would would come and that we should hear his voice right. we should listen to what he says and be obedient yes. to what he says yes and of course the one greater than moses has come and his name is jesus yeshua which means god is the savior and he sat down to teach his disciples uh, about the real meaning of being a follower of the messiah and uh, we love these eight beatitudes and hopefully we'll uh, work our way through them, and who knows, maybe even get beyond this. Uh, we're hoping to spend four, five, maybe six uh, sessions on the Sermon on the Mount. We'll see how it goes. But Bobby, it's your joy to lead us through uh, the Beatitudes uh, today. Yes. So God bless you as you do. Well, yeah, it's an honor and a privilege, Mitch. And uh, you, know, you, you kind of mentioned Deuteronomy 18 there and the authority that Yeshua has and how his words carry such weight that we are to not just hear them, but also they command obedience. Uh, and even if you look in Deuteronomy 18, Moses says that God is going to raise up and send this prophet like him who will have such authority as a response to the people's, Israel's reaction at Sinai, at Mount Horeb. And here in Matthew 5, this is like the fulfillment of that. Uh, one of the unique features of the Beatitudes is that they're supposed to be symmetry because, again, remember, we see Matthew framing Yeshua, framing Jesus and his ministry and his words and his actions in a very Moses kind of way so that his audience was to understand and know that uh, and expect that Jesus was bringing a new exodus, a greater exodus that, uh, that Jeremiah the prophet talked about in particular. 
So there's supposed to be symmetry between the Ten Commandments that were given and now the Beatitudes. And one of the unique features of the Beatitudes is the kind of person that Yeshua describes as being blessed. And Mitch, you talked last week about that Hebrew word, ashrei, which is really sort of uh, the word that's behind the Greek makarios that's written here in Matthew chapter 5. Uh, and this idea of ashrei is where uh, this happiness, this joy, the source of it is from God himself. So these people that are described by Yeshua here as being blessed from on high by God, uh, as having this joy, as having this happiness, um, what's unique about them is that he's not describing people who are like the greatest stature in society. These are not the political leaders. These are not the, you know, the influencers on Instagram. These are not the people who are out there, celebrity status, you know, uh, that sort of thing. Instead, how does he describe these people? Uh, Poor in spirit, those who mourn, the gentle, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness. So one of the major characteristics here that Jesus, Yeshua, is describing as being possessed by a citizen of the kingdom, uh, one who possesses the kingdom of heaven, really, if you take all of those descriptions, it is someone who is humble, someone who has deep humility, who knows the human experience so much and the pain and suffering that comes along with it, but despite all of that, is still able to have this blessed joy and blessed happiness from God. Absolutely. You know, I'm thinking, Bobby, about um, Isaiah chapter 42. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite passages. It's one of the servant songs uh, in Isaiah chapter 42, 49, 50, and of course, 53. And these are the four servant songs that extol the virtues of the servant of the Lord, with whom we believe, of course, is Jesus. But it's very probable that someone with the character of Jesus mm-hmm. would preach in this way, where he would be so encouraging to the downtrodden and to those who have lost hope and those who are hurting. And, you know, my brother and sister, you know, life is not easy. And there might be some of you this morning who are hurting, who who really do need uh, his comfort. I mean, we're here to study the Bible, but the Bible is supposed to have impact on our souls. Right. And I know that the Lord wants to touch you. So let me just read Isaiah 42, verses one through three. Behold my servant, which I uphold, my chosen one in whom my soul delights. I put my spirit upon him. He'll bring forth justice to the nations. I mean, how we are crying out for a true justice. I mean, how many of us feel like we were treated poorly, and we have one who will never treat us poorly. Verse two, he will not cry out nor raise his voice, nor make his voice heard in the street. In other words, sometimes Jesus has a very quiet ministry to a few, and he's the great encourager. He really is. Sometimes we just don't spend enough time looking at that side of Jesus as the person who is really not just a savior, who forgives us our sin, who died and rose in power, and who's coming again in glory. But he's also the one who sits at the right hand of the Father, interceding for us and letting the Father know that his children are weak and that they need his love and care, not his judgment. In verse 3, a bent reed he will not break off. Very common to see a bent reed in Israel. And a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish a a candle. Of course, all the light was basically oil or candlelight. 
And so if a reed was about to, to break because it was bent by the wind or a, a wick was running out of oil and it was about to be extinguished, uh, Jesus is not the kind of person to put the finishing touches on mm. something bad. Right. He's the kind of person that enables us to sustain through the winds of life and uh, to be filled with the oil of his spirit so that we can have his joy as we walk through life. And again, he will faithfully bring forth justice. And let me just read verse four. He will not be disheartened or crushed until he has established justice on the earth and the coastlands will wait. Coastlands is an idiomatic expression that Isaiah uses to refer to the non-Jews, to Gentiles, just so you understand. And the coastlands will wait expectantly for his Torah, for, for his law. So when Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the gentle, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, uh, blessed are the merciful, the pure in heart, the peacemakers, the persecuted, the ones who are insulted. Uh, this is so Jesus-like mm. for him to say. And I've got to tell you, that this is one of the reasons Jewish people love the Sermon on the Mount. Not just because it's comforting, but it presents an image of God who is not only holy and powerful, but a God who is compassionate mm -hmm. and who loves us. And I see the Sermon on the Mount as one of the greatest expressions of the love of God. And, and this is a need of the soul that so many Jewish people have. Don't worry about uh, what they feel about Christianity or what they think about the sort of the negative history between Jews and Christians and persecutions and or whether or not they're agnostics or atheists or whether or not uh, they're gonna blow you away, <laughs> blow your faith away by their understanding of the Old Testament. When you present Jesus at his best, and I think the Sermon on the Mount does that, at his most intimate, at his most caring, at his most compassionate, that really has an impact. I mean, if you wanna have a witness to a Jewish person, say, hey, one of the reasons I'm a Christian is because the Jewish Messiah said these things. Can I read them to you? And then read them the Sermon on the Mount. I've never seen a Jewish person get upset when someone read them the Sermon on the Mount. And it sounds a lot like Jewish literature if they're a more educated Jewish person. It sounds like, something that a great rabbi might have said, only much greater, <laughs> because Jesus is not quoting other rabbis here. Notice that very carefully. He is taking his rightful divine authority and expressing the love of the Father for his children. You see it that way, Bobby? Absolutely, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. I, I see so much comfort in these words. And what I also love about it, comfort and love in these words, but what I also love about it is how Yeshua... Uh, there's a few things he does here toward the end of the Beatitudes. He turns the attention from talking about like the third person, that these people, you know, are, are some other kind of group, right? That the, the poor in spirit, those who mourn, the gentle, right? He's talking in the third person about these people. But then the very last one, he turns and personalizes it for us. And it goes from a third person to second person in chapter mm. 11. He says, blessed are you. And the you there in the Greek, it's plural. So, you know, in the South, they would say, blessed are y'all. But in, in <laughs> Brooklyn, we say, blessed are yous. Yous. <laughs> blessed there are yous go. when people insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. 
So the attention here, the, the idea of these Beatitudes, it's almost like a big reveal with the last one that, uh, where he says to his disciples, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. You, right. as my follower, are to embody these humble characteristics. And uh, there's something so personal about the Messiah here in this. He's familiar with the human condition. He's familiar with the troubles that we face and the burdens that we bear and what he has come to do, uh, again, is to, to deliver us, to bring relief, to provide, again, that second exodus. So, Bobby, if I might... Uh say, I'm really moved by all of this, and I'm sure some of you are very moved by it as well. Can I pray for you for just a moment? Uh, Because some of you are hurting. Some of you, you're trying to be merciful, but the anger sometimes gets to you. And and, um, I I know that the Lord loves you and cares for you and wants to wrap his arms around you today. Lord, I thank you for our brothers and sisters who are listening to this 101st uh, episode of, of the radio program. Lord, they love you. They want your word to be important in their lives. They trust you. They believe you. Uh, They see your word as a light to their feet. But I pray, Lord, now that you would just help them in weakness. And Lord, um, help us to all admit our weakness and sometimes our ability to be angry, our ability uh, to not mourn with those who are mourned. Lord, we are sinful human beings redeemed by wonderful grace. And Lord, we we want to walk with you. We want to reflect you. We want to do what you say. And Lord, we thank you for these incredible words. And Lord, there's so many areas of our heart and soul that need your touch right now. And Lord, I pray on behalf of those listening that you might touch their hearts in the wonderful and all-powerful and loving name of Jesus the Messiah. Amen. Amen. The Apostle Paul writes that Jesus' resurrection which believers around the world celebrate during Easter, is the most significant event in history. Without the resurrection of Jesus, our faith would be meaningless. But did you know that Jesus' resurrection is also an allusion to the biblical holiday known as First Fruits? God commanded the nation of Israel to offer the first fruits of their harvest to Him on the Sabbath following Passover. And if you'd like to learn more about this special, set-apart season, then please ask for the booklet, Passover, A Time of Redemption. You can request a free copy online at chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. Or ask for the free booklet, Passover, A Time of Redemption, when you call us at 888-293-7482. That number again is 888-293-7482. Thank you for reaching out. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Welcome back. You're listening to The Chosen People. And now we're going to hear Jennifer Getz's story. Jennifer is the wife of Marty Getz, a well-known musician in the Messianic world. But she didn't grow up with any religious identity. And as her Catholic neighbors introduced her to some religious topics, she began to look at life in a new way. You're going to love Jennifer's testimony. She's such a vibrant witness for the Messiah Jesus. So listen carefully. When I was a little girl, my best friends across the street were Catholic. Actually, I didn't know about anything having to do with religion or even Jesus. And they informed me that I would not be able to go to heaven, but I would be able to go to purgatory um, because the Jews killed Jesus and um, that's what would keep me out of heaven. They're also the first people that ever told me about the Holocaust and 
people being made into soap and lampshades, and I had no idea. 1975, I got to travel with Bob Dylan on the Rolling Thunder Review on two six-week tours, and then a six-week European tour, and on that tour was Joni Mitchell and Joan Baez and Ramblin' Jack Elliott and Roger McGuinn from a group called The Birds, and we hung out with people like Ringo Starr and Jack Nicholson, and just, it was a very, very exciting, very fun time, you know, very heady, just um, playing all over Europe, staying in the best hotels, riding a private train through, you know, six different countries. Um, it was great. It was everything that you would think when those tours were over. Rather than being elated, I felt completely empty, completely lost, completely, I just, like I had climbed a mountain and I looked over and there was nothing on the other side. And I just was asking myself, what is life all about? If it's not about, you know, having things that are just, just having fun, if it's not that, if it's not even that your art or your talent can fulfill you, because these people that I traveled with were so artistic, so talented, but they had their own issues, what was life about? It got to a certain point where I, um, I was so frustrated with life that I determined I will give myself 35 days, and I wrote this in a diary, I give myself 35 days to find a new way of approaching life. I am just sick of this brain inhabiting this body and just the way I even thought about things. During that 35 days, I contracted an illness called Bell's palsy. I went, as I was going to bed one night, I was brushing my teeth and water came squirting out of the side of my mouth. And I lived alone in an apartment at that point. And I thought to myself, I'm gonna go to bed and I'm gonna wake up paralyzed. And sure enough, when I woke up in the morning, half my face was paralyzed. Bob's girlfriend, this big black Baptist woman, grabbed me by the hands and said to me, she started praying for me in the name of Jesus. And I remember that when she was finished, I walked out of that trailer and I was stunned. And I looked around and I thought, what was that. And the next day, I actually started seeing an improvement and feeling an improvement in my face. And I actually did end up going to Europe on that six-week Bob Dylan tour. One day, I was out in the desert with a girlfriend of mine, and we were in a motel. And I remember um, on my search, I was still looking for truth. And I opened up the little drawer in the hotel room, and there was a red Gideon Bible. So I stole that Bible and I brought it home with me. And I remember opening it up, never having read the Bible before, just opening it up to Matthew and reading the words, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted and blessed are the meek for they shall inherit the earth. And I remember thinking to myself, whoever this Jesus is, I could use a friend like him. I had a voice teacher who took me to a big church with his wife and with him. And there were about a thousand people there and they were all just singing songs to God and enjoying themselves and their hands were raised. And I'm looking around the room thinking to myself, 
Are these people crazy and I'm the only sane one here? Or do they know something that I don't know? I came back really kind of just desperately more wanting to know what is this life all about. And um, a friend of mine gave me a book by C.S. Lewis called Mere Christianity. And I was in a bar in Austin, Texas with my brother and my cousin's band who was playing. And I started reading that book. And as I'm reading the book, it was as if these scales literally fell off my eyes. I remember I started laughing thinking, oh my gosh, I know who Jesus is. Because C.S. Lewis said on page 42 in that book that you cannot call Jesus a prophet or a wise man or a good man. He allowed people to worship him and fall at his feet. Either he was who he claimed to be or he was a raving lunatic as crazy as a poached egg, a megalomaniac. But there is no room to call him good. He was either who he was or he was a madman. When I got back to California, a friend of mine took me to a church, the vineyard, and as I was leaving church, there in the back of the church is Bob Dylan, his girlfriend, Mary Alice. And she looked at me and she said, girl, you've got to go to discipleship school. And I said, no, I need a job. And she said, seek first the kingdom of God and all else will be added unto you. And sure enough, I went to Bible school for five months, five days a week, four hours a day with Bob and Mary Alice, myself and nine other people. Today, um, I'm married to Marty Getz and we have one daughter who's an adult and I work as Marty's manager, record producer, booking agent, travel agent, and uh, he is my best friend, but I have even a better friend and it's Yeshua, Jesus. And I have a very simple, childlike faith that He loves me. Interested in learning more about the Messianic Jewish faith or the Jewish roots of Christianity? Maybe you want to know how Jewish holidays point to the fulfillment of Jesus. Well then, be sure to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, Inside Israel. You'll receive weekly updates about our ministry, including videos, links to our podcast, a summary of the latest news coming out of Israel, discounts in our online store, and so much more. Sign up today when you go online to chosenpeople.com radio. That's chosenpeople.com radio. You're listening to The Chosen People, which is produced and sponsored by Chosen People Ministries. We want to thank you so much for joining us today. And if you'd like to learn more about this weekly program, then let me encourage you to stop by our website and explore. You'll find us online at chosenpeople.com radio. Well, Passover and Easter are right around the corner, and we want to help you learn as much as you can about these two special holidays. And so if you connect with us right now, we'll send you a copy of our booklet, Passover, A Time of Redemption, for free. That's right, Bobby. You know, we understand that many believers don't really understand all that much about Passover. I mean, if you weren't raised Jewish, why would you? But it really is a powerful foreshadowing of Jesus' sacrificial death, burial, and resurrection. And you can learn more about this when you request a copy on our website. Just go to chosenpeople.com radio. We'd love to send you the book. You can also ask for the book, 
Passover, a time of redemption, when you call us at 888-293-7482. That's 888-2-YESHUA. And then when you reach out today, don't forget to let us know how you heard about this program. And now let's wrap up today with the Aaronic Benediction. Yivarechacha Adonai v'yishmarecha Ya'er Adonai panavalecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavalecha V'yaseim lecha Shalom May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you and be gracious to you. May the face of the Lord shine upon you and give you peace. B'Shem Shel Yeshua HaMashiach, Sar Shalom, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, the Prince of Peace.